This episode is sponsored by JDAQA Software Testing, your scalable solution for manual, automated, security, and performance testing. Check us out at JDAQA.com. And with that, let's get on with the show. This is the first customer hosted by Jay Agnew. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the First Customer Podcast. My name is Jay Agner. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Nicole Lipkin, CEO and founder of Hey Kiddo, which gives parents and teachers everything they need to build lifelong social, emotional, and leadership skills at home or in the classroom. I think I got it all. Nicole, hello. Good morning. Hi. How are you? Thanks I'm for good. having me. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. You're staying Ain't cool it. in this heat? Actually, it was beautiful yesterday. What a nice day it was yesterday. It was beautiful yesterday, oh, but no, God. I'm not. I'm like, I'm sporting Jersey 1980s hair for the past month. You look and great. It's... You look great. Well, thank you. you. That's because I washed it today. Well, thank you for doing that for <laughs> yes, the show. I you're appreciate welcome. it. I know you did it just for, for us. All right. So where did you grow up? We talked about it a little bit. It's not here. Where did you grow up and did that have any impact on you being an entrepreneur? I grew up in New York. That did not impact me being an entrepreneur, but my parents impacted Okay. Tell me a little bit yeah. more about that. So they were school teachers in the South Bronx and they raised us in Westchester, New York, which you can't do on the school teachers in the South Bronx salaries. So we, on the weekends, would, they also sold jewelry because my grandfather was a jeweler. So every weekend we would work in antique shows or flea markets. And when I was five and my brother was 11, which by the way, kind of sucks when you can't watch Saturday morning cartoons when mm-hmm. you're up at five in the morning, like setting up all that. So when I was five and my brother was 11, they're like, stop complaining. What business do you want to be in? And we said toys because we're kids. And so they gave us 400 bucks. They took us down to the wholesale district in Manhattan. And we bought our inventory. They taught us how to keep books, how to market, how to sell, how to set up our business. And we were in business and we started. So, I mean, that was, and we failed and messed up a lot but they were the type of parents that were very much like we're gonna figure this out you're gonna you're gonna work through your failure you're gonna work through your problems we're gonna we're gonna be standing behind you but you're gonna figure this out so they were those kind of parents and they were awesome um and just really really focused on helping us be self-sufficient and also have a really strong foundation of like solid social emotional skills and mental wellness that's an incredible start yeah, it was an incredible start. It was, and some people look at it and are like, "What? Like that doesn't seem the right thing to do to children." My brother and I have different experiences of it. I saw it as very positive, but I'm the entrepreneur. My brother was like, "What the hell? It was right. horrible." Right. I get, and it's it's a great point because, as an entrepreneur, I think at least for me personally, I find it hard to understand how people wouldn't want to be. Yeah. It's like, how would you not want to run a business and do this? Like, this is the most awesome thing in the world is to create something and have people pay you for it. And there's no boss that you have to have. You can do it all. It's a very, but there, you know, thank God there's other people who don't think that way because otherwise, you know, we wouldn't have anybody to work with us to do these crazy things that we do. So it's a, it's a interesting dynamic with you and your brother there. Right. Absolutely. And yeah, I I can't imagine not being this way, but I'm not going to lie. There are days where I've woke up and been like, oh my God, how nice would it be to like shut down at the end of the day and not have things in your mind, like racing constantly and constantly. Like how nice would it be to like leave your stuff there and move on? And you know that it just never, it's 24 seven. How did you start to deal with that? Because if you don't, then you go crazy and you burn out and then you do shut down. So how have you started to kind of pick away at being more mindful around 
operating hours? So it's a great question. And I, it's a long story because I, I was someone that had three businesses at the same time. So I, my first business was a psychology practice and it grew into one of the largest ones in Philly with over 80 therapists. I had equilibrium leadership consulting, which is, you know, I, my professional work is organiz, as an organization, I'm a clinical and organizational psychologist. So, you know, I do executive coaching, leadership development, culture work, the largest companies in the world and then some of the smallest startups. And then I had Hey Kiddo. And one of the things that really helped me, and this was a, this is probably a story for another day because it's a long conversation, but I had to really do some soul searching and figure out like one of those businesses, one minute in that business felt like years where my other two businesses, one minute felt like a millisecond. Right. And that one business that felt like years, even though that was my stable income and like great and amazing business to be in, it was like a shackle. It was a shackle. And I had to make a really hard decision for myself because that was the business I started in, that psych practice. Like I built it and scaled it for 17 years. And I had to make a really tough decision because I also needed to focus my energy on the things that I love, but also the things that I felt could make the biggest impact. So letting that go was number one. And, you know, that was about a year of, or a couple of years, like getting to that point. And then the year of like, then after the sale, like getting to that point and I exited, I exited prematurely in that business. It was mental health. I exited prematurely, but I made a very conscious decision to do it, to focus mm -hmm. on the kiddo. It was really tough. And I doubted myself every second of the way. And I would wake up at three in the morning in cold sweats. Like, what did I just do to my family? What did I just do to our financial future? All of that. But I got to tell you, working through that was a really important part of this process. Like getting here, I work harder now, but I'm able, I'm happier. I'm able to set, set really good boundaries. I have a four-year-old. I also had a baby during this as an older mom. I'm able to set boundaries and I wasn't able when he was first born. I was, mm -hmm. this was part of the whole thing. Right. And I'm more productive than I've ever been. It was like kind of getting rid of that debt. I won't call it dead weight. It was a wonderful business and I love all the people and all that, but getting rid of the thing that really sucked up a lot of emotional energy for me mm -hmm. to make way for the stuff that is actually exhilarating. And that was just a really hard, long journey to get there and some real, deep self-awareness work about what that was. And I have to say, like, you know, as entrepreneurs, your relationship with money is a really big part of it. Mm -hmm. And I had a very odd relationship with money. My parents passed away when we were younger. So I was always on my, you know, starting from 19 years old, was on my own and all that, me and my brother. And it was just very like, so that relationship with money was like, like I, I need, like a, I have to save, I have to save, I have to save, I have to be careful, I have to be careful. And it was kind of having a mental shift of, hey, this doesn't have to be the way. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to be okay. Like I know how to earn money. And even if I'm sweeping floors or being a barista, like I know how to earn money. I know how to make it through. It, it was kind of like building that confidence and like right. it's going to be okay. So that was a big shift. And I think that the years leading up to it, I did not manage the boundaries. I did not manage that kind of mental space as well I was stressed mm -hmm. a lot, a lot. And I feel like now I'm starting to get on the roll after this time, even as a shrink, like I'm on paper supposed to be the most <laughs> self-aware. I'm supposed to have all the strategies. 
it wasn't until I started putting them into practice. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, versus teaching, preaching teaching one thing is, you know, a yeah. different story than, than doing so. Totally. Um, totally. So tell me kind of how Hey Kiddo came about. I think it was mid-pandemic. It looked like around the founding date. Um, yeah. Where did that come from and who was your first customer for that business? So it was actually right at the start of the pandemic. So March 2020. <laughs> um, so Hey Kiddo was first the Young Leader Project. And that was, it was, it, the idea came, you know, being a clinical and organizational psychologist, wearing those two hats, Hey Kiddo lived right in the middle of those two businesses. So on the clinical side, you know, scale, like being, having that practice, and we had a very large family practice too, just seeing the critical needs that children were having and seeing how things were evolving and how families were struggling and the struggles becoming bigger and bigger. And then also wearing my organizational psychology hat, working with global leaders, hearing the same complaints and concerns of a young professional entering the workforce. I knew that this needed to happen on the professional level. On the personal level, having parents you know, my, those school teachers were the ones that would go in. My parents were the ones that would go in at seven in the morning to eat breakfast with the kids you know, in the frogs. And the reason why they did that was so the kids had someone to talk to. And they did the same at home. You know, I always like telling this story. My mom, this was kind of crazy. And I didn't realize what she was doing until I became a parent. She would have something called boy parties with my friends and I in elementary school. You know, they were little tea parties with little cream cheese sandwiches and tea. And it was, we would have them and she we would just talk about boys that we had crushes on and other things. And I didn't realize, again, until I got older, but as we got older and our problems got bigger, there wasn't a day I would come home where a friend wasn't at my house talking to my mom. Like my mom knew who these parents were of my friends. So she wanted to create that house. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing off limits that I could talk to my mom about. Like she, so as our problems got more serious or felt bigger, she created that space where we could talk about anything. That's really where Hey Kiddo came from. So it started as something, it evolved into Hey Kiddo. And that's a long story, but Hey Kiddo really launched January 2020 and our first product came out March 2020. And it was designed for parenting adults to start opening up the lines of communication with the kiddos really young. Mm -hmm. So that like opening up that communication and talking could be normalized. So when Things do hit the fan because they will. Kids are super comfortable talking about it and giving parenting adults the tools that they need to start modeling the behaviors that they're trying to build in their kids and like get more in tune with what's going on. Mm-hmm. So our first product was Hey Kiddo Talk, which was a text-based solution. And then we built Hey Kiddo Huddle, which is social emotional learning curriculum. Yes, and that was for educators. That's for school. And over time, we learned with that texting that parents felt guilty like a text would come in and they couldn't do it in the moment so they would feel guilty and like we learned so much so when we launched right when covid launched i decided we weren't going to charge for it like we were going to use this to like really figure out what our consumers Mm -hmm. needed what parents needed and we over time this is where the idea of the app came and we won um our our second national science foundation grant which helped us R&D the app and it's really amazing again it gives parenting adults those tools to open up the lines of communication to model learn how to model the behaviors they're trying to build to track emotional and behavioral patterns and then it will signal a parent hey when professional help is recommended or urgent care is needed because that like we know early intervention is key 
but it's like knowing the signs of when early intervention is needed. So that's what we built. And again, we were really lucky to get the National Science Foundation grant and recently some other funding. So that was the trajectory. And we still have Huddle. We still have Huddle in the market, which is four schools. But we're really focusing on giving adults the tools that they need to help support their children's mental, social, and emotional health. We're not looking to replace at all therapists. We never do that. I don't believe mm-hmm. in that. We're, but you can outsource this to therapists and you can outsource this to schools. And this is one of the things I knew as a psychologist for so many years. The missing part of this equation is parenting adults, giving them the tools so they can be more in tune. Yeah, there's a weird dynamic as a parent where you're trying to not step on the toes of a teacher or expectations of what a teacher should be doing. You're like, well, he's at school and he's getting in trouble for this. Like, that should be the school's problem. And then that problem comes home and you're like, well, I guess I have to deal with it at home. And then right. there's the therapy thing. I've been through a bunch of, you know, I have five kids, so like all the therapy and oh. I've done, I've done yep. the whole line, you know, behavioral stuff and ADHD yep. and up and down. So yep. like, this is, it definitely speaks to my experience as a parent. So it makes a lot yeah. of sense. So talk to me a little bit about, just from a tactical perspective, how you learn to target your customer. You, you did a lot of research right. during that phase and you probably got some great information. How did you start to figure out like, okay, this is who this product very specifically should be aimed at, right? Because it can't be all yeah. parents in the world. It can't, can't be all be everything. It's got to be somebody specific. How did you figure out and what was it that you got to start going after? So a couple of things helped that. At first, I was like, this has to be for every single parent in the world. like that, And that was my ignorance as a founder. Again, my founding experiences were with service businesses, not mm-hmm. with a tech company. Sure. So I was really like, I thought I knew what I was doing. And then I did it. And I'm like, oh, wow, no idea. So at first, I was like, oh, this should be for everyone. And we'll just figure out how to make it for everyone. But I've learned, no, it's not for everyone. So, you know, our beachhead customer in this because we're still really early we're actually launching our version one of the app in september our parenting adults that have children between the ages of five to twelve so we're getting in that elementary not that you can't be a little bit older and they're going to be people like that first set of customers that probably are seeing something mm-hmm. or worried a little bit mm-hmm. whether the child has a diagnosis or not maybe there's some friend drama maybe they're going through a divorce maybe there's a recent loss or whatever it might be those are people who are comfortable using technology, using apps for this. Kind how do you of thing. find those people though? Like, how do you target those type right. of people? Great question. So at first, my thinking was, we'll go direct to consumer, and then I learned it's probably not the best way. And also, for us with Hey Kiddo, this has to get into the hands of people that might not afford it or might not have access to it. It can't just be for people that can buy it. Like that's our mission. So what we're doing is we're looking, and again, we're really early. We're doing more of a B2B to C. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at government agencies, and that's really our, that's where the impact is. Like, how do we get in the foster care system? How do we get where we're doing pilots, like in the intellectual disability or Department of Intellectual Disabilities? Like, how do we get to people that need help and support that might not have access to this? Mm-hmm. The second vertical we're looking at are institutions that service children and families. That includes schools, that includes not for profit agencies that service children and families. And then our third bucket are employee employee benefit companies. Mm -hmm. So we're really spreading out. And what we're doing, the way we're, again, because we're early, we're going to be doing pilots in each of these verticals and working with, you know, working with people that we can develop strong relationships with and really do the research and really ask the questions that we need to ask, how the funding comes in, and then figure out, okay, let's prioritize 
A, B, or C, or B, A, C, whatever's whatever. Or maybe all three are going to be easy at once. I don't mm-hmm. know. But our goal is to do pilots because that also allows us to do research and make sure that it's effective for the different communities. So, for example, Department of Intellectual Disabilities, there's going to be certain adaptations we need. And this will help us figure out how to adapt as sure. needed. So that's okay. and we have our pilots scheduled for September, which is exciting. Beautiful. Yeah. If you had to start Hey Kiddo again tomorrow with all the lessons you've learned. And this isn't a what would you do different question necessarily, but if it it is something different, that's fine. What would be step one for starting Hey Kid over over again if you had to? Great question. That is a great question. I have learned so much and I would do things completely differently. So one of the things that was a real game changer for us, with the National Science Foundation grant, we also got accepted into the I-Corps program. Have you ever heard of that? No. It's it's amazing. It's like a seven-week customer discovery program. Okay. Forces you to interview over 100 people or organizations, whichever way you're going. Really mm-hmm. fo- focuses, helps you identify who your beachhead customer is. Mm-hmm. Helps you identify what your business model is and how to get to that. You have a mentor. It's an amazing, intensive, nerve-wracking program, but worth every right. second. If I had known that about that, I, that is where I would have started. And you don't talk about your product. You just dive into what customers need and where their pain points are. Which is That's the main where part I would of the business, started. right? That's the whole thing behind it. <laughs> if you're it's not the main part pain of business. points, then what are you doing? Right. But again, I, my experience was with service and service industries that I were very familiar with. So coming into a tech product, I didn't even re- think to do that. So there was time... There was time spent figuring it out and pivoting and pivoting and pivoting and pivoting to land here mm-hmm. where I think we could have avoided several of the pivots that we needed mm-hmm. if I had if we had known what we know now. So and, and the other thing is I know a lot of consultants do that. I know that's outsourced a lot. I would never outsource that work. It was so valuable and hard, but it was so valuable to dedicate seven weeks to talking to people. Right. And I came out of that thinking in ways that I didn't think of in the beginning and thinking of what the, I went in with assumptions and I left with not assumptions. I left with what actually needs to happen. I so that. I would have done that. And like, I think example, like huddle, for example, it's a great program. I didn't realize it was such a crowded space because I didn't do that work before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for huddle, like I don't put marketing i don't put the marketing behind i'm not doing that it's in existence because it's such a great program and eventually the two will connect and it's still sells we're still in schools we're still in home schools it's one it's wonderful and there's evolutions that will happen to it but it's just if i knew what i knew now i would have done things like i love it i love those answers understanding those pain points is oh and it's like you said it, it's one of the most painful things but it's also one of the I'm not going to say easiest, but it is the easiest from a you know a, a tactical perspective. Like find people to talk to and find a way to talk to them, right? It's like it's not this yeah. doesn't have this long drawn out. And I've talked about this before. It's like market research has this horrifying, you know, fear attached to it because it's just this. It's a billion dollar industry. Like it's and you can yeah. go buy all this data and you can do all this stuff and the people get paralysis from analysis and just don't do anything, right? So it's like you'd rather yeah. just. Ignore it, then try to, to figure it out. So I'm glad to hear that would be something you would yeah. do. All right, last question. Yeah. Non-business related. Yeah. If you knew you could do anything on earth, 
and you knew you couldn't fail, what would it be? I have to be honest with you. I'm doing exactly what I want to do. All right. I've heard that one before. Yeah. That's a fair answer. Yeah. I mean. There's no bucket list items. There's no climbing Mount Everest. There's no, you know, thing you're just afraid that would, you would fail at. If the answer's no, the answer's no. Here's the thing. I'm not afraid of sailing. So I'm not like, I have screwed up a lot in my professional life. <laughs> and I'm not afraid of it. Like I, and like some of the best lessons I've had is from screwing up as a leader. And like, and, and so, so and that's also the gift that company, like that was my training ground. Mm-hmm. of like what to do well and what not to do. Right. And I guess I'm not afraid. Like, I think one of the things that I've learned about myself, and I'm not saying I'm a psychopath. I'm not saying my brain doesn't light up with fear when I'm about to like do something scary. <laughs> like it does. I'm afraid of haunted houses, all of that. <laughs> right, maybe I'll take you to a haunted house. Uh, right. Uh, for Halloween, that'll be your right. big. <laughs> but I'm not, what I, I think what I'm saying is there's nothing that like, I want to do that I wouldn't try doing. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I, there's nothing like, there's things on my bucket list, I'll do it. And maybe part of that is I'm a little bit older. You know, I'm not an entrepreneur doing this at 25 years old anymore. That's I'm a little fair. bit older. That's and a like, fair I, answer. Yeah, and I've been through a lot, I and I know that, that I can do times. it. I've heard it, and I, it, if, as long as you have the rationale behind it, which you do, I'll accept that as an answer. That'll okay, be good. That's I'm a glad. good answer for today. All right. Um, <laughs> if people want to find you, Nicole, if people want to find Hey Kiddo, how do they do that? So it's hey-kiddo.com and all the socials, it's at Hey Kiddo app. And then you can also find me on LinkedIn at Dr. Nicole Lipkin. Dr. Nicole Lipkin. Well, you are fantastic. You're Thank you. So are you. I love your story and I Thank love you. your goals and all the things you got going on. So I hope people you. look you up and you know, I may even have to do so myself as like I said, a crazy dad and five kids and five kids and one on the way so it's whoa yeah it's it never ends you know it just keeps let's just keep having them so what else are we gonna do like enjoy our life or anything Uh, but you have a good rest of your summer and we'll catch up again soon all right thanks nicole thank you take care